the weird don't. thing too is your mic was recording at like 24 kilohertz. I don't really know what kilohertz are, <laughs> no, we but we always do in the 40s. Anyway, we made it. Looks glorious. Great. N- well, na- how, how are native you now? Safari fails in a heap. I've been a Brave user for a bit after we heard some time ago that Google was doing nasty stuff with Chrome. I was like, hmm, what else is there? <laughs> Why did I switch? I switched recently back to Safari. I can't even remember why now. I think it was a performance thing. I was yeah. finding... Just, it's a, it's a whack-a-mole. It's like, there's either a problem with one or the other. And yeah. Oh, that's right. Who knows? Chrome, who knows? Chrome stopped letting me click on buttons in the top right-hand side of my screen. Oh. Well, that's inconvenient. Quite. Quite. At the least. <laughs> well, we made it. The most technical really? difficulties we've had in ages. Probably. Mm. I mean, we've recorded and you've been like on a farm in a back room and that worked fine. Indeed. Hello and good morning. Hi. How are you? Sound rich and not non-vibrating, which is good because it was kind of bad That's before. Good. We have a lot of stuff today. Yeah, better get into it, eh? What's, what's on your list? I know you're all waiting with bated <laughs> breath, but I do have some... Uh, decent print quality, yeah. finally. And I, the only thing that I can attribute it to, there's two things. I changed back to like default filament profiles, like no modifications to the filament profile. I used to do like some Z hop oh, yeah. for months, for like forever, and it worked fine. Remove that. But even even after doing that, we would still get some pretty janky, crappy surfaces on. Pretty normal stuff. We've added more top layers. Um, but then, like, I mean, even, no, how good that comes across, but just even within wow. a normalish print, just junk. And so I've been kind of the whole time proactively drawing filament, but that seems to obviously make a difference. But I, I don't know. It's just kind of working again. So I think I'm just going to not talk about it and tease it into uh, messing with me again. Mm, okay. Good. You can make make product parts. That's the main thing. Yeah, right. I know. I've been <laughs> like impending time of uh, a new product coming out and we have the metal parts coming next week and like I've just been like, I can't print the rest of the parts I need. Yeah. But finally, that's working. So Phew. happy days. Good. Good. Surprised yeah. you haven't bought an injection molder just out of frustration. It's an interesting, especially considering like theoretically I could make the mold on the mill, mm. but I'd also spend just like the rest of my year and a half, <laughs> uh, the next year and a half on that mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Yeah, Laura's been looking into buying a plastic shredder and extruder so she can recycle. Ooh. That's fun. Her own stuff, like make billet, like make make her own material and then mill it and then put, right. the, put the shred, the scraps off cuts back through and just keep making the same material over and over again. That would be amazing. Be cool. Hmm. Right. So much like the bamboo, we right. might have fun new toys that aren't really ours, but we get to play with. That'd be cool. Yeah, they're just, it's pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that desk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I read the first thing I read on here. I don't know that it's top priority, but products that didn't do well that you love, and it was just kind of like a, I just kind of ruminating of things that we've designed and made that never really sold mm. or uh, just didn't hit right. And I was curious if there was things like that you had. I've had plenty. Yeah, I've got had plenty too. Um, but the desk, that desk comes to mind first and foremost. And I don't love it anymore. For me? <laughs> no, for me. Are no, you? I wasn't thinking of your desk. Because <laughs> I have a desk too. I know, you've got a desk. Ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, my desk is like one that I, I, I'm not attached to anymore, but at the time, probably like five years ago, I designed this like, it was early on in Fusion actually. It was one of the first products I designed in Fusion. I was excited about same parametricness. I was like, "Oh, let's mm -hmm. let's make this cool desk that uses like oh, it was more than one sheet of load actually. I think it was two, one and a half." Um and it just, you know, had slot and tab and nice parametric features and it kind of had a double double layer with a monitor monitor stand thing and I really liked it. And it just completely like crickets. <laughs> I think I think we sold two to some other guys who are in the same building as us because they came into the workshop once and they saw it. They were like, oh, can we have one of those? <laughs> but like absolutely zero, zero uh, response online. Amazing. Um, we have such a weird crossover of experiences. That's exactly my first experience. <laughs> like why I bought the router. It's the first project I ever worked on in Fusion and I just – endlessly made parametric models. I think I've described to you before, my first studio space outside of my apartment uh, was a hot yoga room with carpeted no, floor. I haven't heard about this. <laughs> no? It's, it's, all, it's all apricot, like peach colored, mm. the floor, the carpet, and then three of the wall, two of the walls had mirrors, which was just like one of the most weird, like it's so funny to think about now. <laughs> but I'd basically have to wear like gym shorts and a tank top because it was it was radiating heat from the 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 second the main what? space, and I didn't have air conditioner. My dog would come with me, <laughs> and all these like hot yoga people would come down the hall and like, what are you doing down here with all this desk stuff in here? You know, like in the middle of a hot yoga studio. Awesome. So, um, but yeah, that's what I was worked on forever too. I that was I I wasn't even going to bring up the desk. I thought. I thought I was over that. <laughs> thought I was over it. Never. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mine is my first one, I think, that still confuses me to some degree, but I, I guess it's just a price point or like a desire need is this whiteboard behind me. Um, I think it's just, A, not marketed well. Uh but we had made a, a whiteboard with like special whiteboard erase. That's right. Yeah. Powder coat. Uh, worked with a manufacturer, like a local manufacturer, to like pretty damn well like weld on the cleat on the back and do these things so that it didn't distort the front surface. And worked on these little rests that are made out of wood, um, so that yeah, we just we spent a lot of time. It's a really cool cleat system too that like interlocks so it can't like slide, which is funny because I also made cleats for this 
tool holder holder and I kind of borrowed a lot of those ideas. So yeah. it's just, it's cool. It, it, it's a, it's definitely a premium product, I would say. It's like 160 bucks or $170, I think is what we list it for, but it also costs us quite a bit to make. Mm. I think we made 20 of them. I think we sold two on launch day <laughs> and I don't know that we sold any others. Is this a, na- this is a just Mac wild product. to me. Yeah. 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 It was intended to go with the NAC wall. That's right. Yeah. Um, but then it also has like a whole separate cleat system that works on any wall. And I think it's just an exposure thing in some degree, but also I, it just never hit. It just never, mm. it's like a weird, the failure of when a product that I want, the world doesn't want, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> usually that works out, but not. Do you think it just always. comes down to communication? Like, it could be. It absolutely could be. Mm. Or maybe there are just things that we get hung up on and no one else wants them. Yeah. It's hard to know. It's easy. Right. Yeah. It's easy to, to kind of go, oh, that was crap. That was obviously crap. Like mm-hmm. no one else wanted it. But, you know, something pushed you or I to sort of design that solution in the first place, right? Right. But maybe the wrong reasons, but still mm-hmm. there's some drive there that surely means there was some value in it. But maybe for me, maybe in my case, it I was think- just like, oh, I'm excited about Fusion and its capabilities and <laughs> I need to make some <laughs> need to make some cheap desks for our office that we've just moved into. Here's the thing. Just make, just make a desk. Yeah. Products you shouldn't make. Uh, well, I think what kills me about it too, it, particularly in the whiteboard sense, like I'm obviously biased, but it's just it's well designed. Like it 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 works really well. It like <laughs> the whiteboard aspect works really well. Like I, yeah. Anyway, it's it is what it is. We have a stack of them that don't sell, <laughs> and I'm not really marketing them. So yep. luckily, it wasn't twenty thousand dollars. Okay. That I remember. A container. <laughs> you got a container at the back full of whiteboards. Yeah. Mm, right. That'd, that'd yeah. Suck. Anyway, there's that. I'm very interested in your next note because I feel like this is a huge question. Mm. One source <laughs> of truth. Please introduce the idea. Yeah, I have a big problem with that. Uh, I just have this continual feeling I recognized the other day that I feel like I or we is it team are always making partial or temporary s- solutions to things and i think that's inbuilt into some of the mentality of like lean you know mm-hmm. make one quick fix yeah. a day kind of ideas uh and if you don't stop to rethink sometimes the entire context or consequence of how you're making certain fixes yeah uh you can easily get this like spider web of things and i think our biggest problem in terms of like knowledge systems is that we have too many sources of of information yeah and that being google drive fresh desk Airtable, and Airtable, there could be three different places where sometimes <laughs> information is stored inside of that and then that's not even to say that like there's also sh- now like Shopify and we use Vquo. And also when we're designing products now, we use Lanier, this this kind of like product 
tracking Gantt chart system. Mm-hmm. So it's like the information has to move or it gets stored in all these places. But then I think it takes a really strong effort towards like combining it and creating like, no, this is where information gets stored and you either move it or like make a make a breadcrumb for yourself of like, no, we moved all the notes out of Lanier into the product base of Airtable. Yeah. Uh, and everything gets stored there, right? Like it, that's where the Shopify information goes. That's where the... Um, and, and then we just don't have anything that's... that's um, I want to fix it, but it also feels really nebulous. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I think you and I have probably got the same disease of like uh, our software stacks creep because of our sort of natural interest right. in them and curiosity right. around the next the thing, next thing <laughs> and the next system. And um, another one. Like, you know, in theory, yeah, we could combine everything into a single source, say like everything went to Airtable. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you and I get antsy about the functionality of doing certain things within that, right? And it's like right. the same reason we're kind of thinking about putting part of our workflow in Notion. It's like, mm, Airtable's not quite servicing us in the way we want for this. Maybe we could split off these this stage into Notion and get right. excited about that and think about how that would help us. But then, you know, we're... Sp- Splitting right. out the source of truth, maybe. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny as I have friends that own businesses that are on either side of that specific divide, which there's people that started in Notion, have all their product information there, all their business stuff, and we've had the discussion, and I'm like, I'm not happy with Airtable, and they're like, I'm not happy with Notion, <laughs> and like... We're like trying to talk each other out of yeah. switching to each other's thing. And, you know, honestly, if we go back to what we were kind of talking about a while, maybe it was on the secret show about the emotion of some of these things. And it's like, that's probably the biggest fault I have is I let the emotion like drive too much of like, I don't like this software. I don't like how it does this. <laughs> Instead of just like, no. This is where we keep all those things, and emotion to be damn. And I, you know, I don't think I recognize it being an emotional thing most of the time. I just like think of it as like, oh, this is badly designed. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But really, it's like I just am fussy about how something exists or doesn't work or something. You know, so I think it doesn't work. I think it would also just say so spoiled for choice, right? Like, right. I think when I yeah. first. Yeah started sort of you know we've had zero forever but when i first started digitizing <laughs> i progressed from just printing out invoices in zero and having them on clipboards in the workshop with colored stickers on them that was my original like job management was physical clipboards with mm-hmm. color-coded stickers and we would just write Ooh. notes on the invoice as things needed to be recorded and then I started, right. you know, playing around with Google Docs and putting some basic job data into that, having running a sort of a live job list in Google Docs. 
uh, whatever that was, 12 years ago or something. And, um, you know, in theory, we, we could still be in Google Docs running our whole business. Like, it's, mm. it's like, you know, should we be committing to a single tool <laughs> and trying to just uh, not not get carried away with the stack? Because I think, you know, both of our businesses, yours, I don't know, like, I don't know what VQO is. I can't remember. I know you told me about it. Um, just fulfillment, fulfillment and like inventory that's syncing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a big stack, but then you know, look at it, you break it down, you do that flow chart that you made recently. It's like, well, yeah, this bit's essential and this bit's essential. So, like, it's not like you can run your e commerce out of Airtable. So, there's always going to be somebody shut, <laughs> I'm sure <it> does. <laughs> maybe you can. <laughs> Um, maybe we just need to commit. Yeah, it feels like that when I like challenge myself to really think about what the problem really is. Mm. Um, some of it's like interest or mm. desire to improve and then it gets halfway done. And um, yeah, it's an interesting problem i would say something i was gonna say i forgot what it was mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it's a bit it's a bit of an affliction i think because like how much yeah. how much energy are you and i putting into thinking about that versus the mm -hmm. the problems of our you know actually making better better products or better outcomes for our customers <laughs> I, right. I don't know it's challenging. Yeah, for sure. Like I feel challenged just asking mm. that question of myself. Of like, cool, how much time have I <laughs> sunk into like stuffing around with Notion already and we've barely scratched the surface? And, yeah. you know, now there's all this stuff in Notion. Like we've got like all these documents and standards that I've – kind of been documenting since I've been in sales I've been documenting all my sales stuff in there but it's kind of yeah. properly siloed away now like which doesn't matter yet but it's going to matter pretty soon as like I start mm -hmm. training Josh in that you know to help in quoting like yeah mm. <laughs> but yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel good and I it, there's <laughs> um, this may be, I don't know. For me, anyway, it's one of the harder things. I think because I'm the one to drive 99% of it now, mm. like Ricky follows with whatever we're making and um, yep. or whatever I've made, right? And so, I don't know. It's it's. I, I will say my one win, I think it's a series of small wins and making that flowchart of all the apps uh, I still have a couple more to go but we killed off roughly a hundred dollars a month in software awesome. costs awesome. I think Mbico was a decent part of that because it replaced inventory syncing and um, ship station something else um, yeah so that was nice yeah it's nice to it's amazing how much you can just pile up without really like mm. focusing on it. I know, right? Yeah. Crazy. Yep. Yep, 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 yep.
Mm-hmm. No answers, more problems. No. I don't know, man. Nothing. <laughs> Somebody else telling us what we have to use, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And then being pissed about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a uh, random podcast recommendation. Oh, cool. That's not related to business at all. Excellent. Um, have you ever heard of Heavyweight? Yeah. You listen to that at all? A little bit. A little bit. It's uh it's not it's, like it. I no, it's it's great. It's very impressive. Uh it's as right. it's, as the the title suggests. It's heavy. Heavy. Heavy going. Heavy. Right. No, it is. I uh I was working on some home projects this weekend and listened to about four of those. I'd stopped listening because they chose to force you to go to Spotify to listen to podcasts. And I was like, absolutely not. Like I will not be forced to listen to my podcast on that app. And, uh, then I came back to it and I swear, I think every episode makes me cry Mm. for a reason or another. It's basically either sad or like happy or Mm. something, you know, it brings up something in my life that happened that I, think about and it's just masterfully made mm. like and, and some of the storylines if they're true of like the host jonathan how long he's been talking to him they're like two years of recording to make one podcast and it's like how, how are you getting anything accomplished right like how are you making a podcast you know you would think they'd take like you'd have one every six months or something mm. but um it's just really really great storytelling and amazing kind of impact sometimes of the story itself so i don't that's it i'll put a link it's to a it it's really Gimlet good media one isn't it yeah 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 that old beast. yeah i haven't listened to it for years but um i used to listen to it when i was uh when i was on the workshop floor a lot more and you know had right i was just doing process sort of base work. I used to listen to, I think, more podcasts. But, yeah, that was one that I would dip into from time to time. But, yeah, um, I found it probably too much emotionally <laughs> a yeah. lot of times. Right. Um, and and I, That's probably another reason I stopped listening for I a while. I would seek out lighter content. But, um, yeah, no, it's very good. There was a uh, just a quick other thought. Uh, that serial podcast mm. series, there's like different series. And I think the original one was like super viral and everybody listened to it with the yeah. odd nod said, uh, but there was one recently about uh, IVF and like the process that people go through to get to have babies with IVF. Mm. And <laughs> I was like, how targeted can this be? <laughs> like, please, I don't need that right now. <laughs> Don't bring me through that again. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my little update on the Kitter Builder is I had a meeting Kitter meeting with um, my developer in Finland again last night. It's been, a, it's been three or almost, yeah, three weeks, I think, since the last update. Um, mm-hmm. And it's coming along nicely. It's looking really good. Um, I'll send you a link to play with because I've got a live link. Ooh. Share. 
Um, but no, it's looking good. Um, lots of little bugs still, but that's normal for, you know, developing stuff. Um, functionality's getting there. I'm kind of getting caught up a little bit on just the language. You know, like the first thing you're asked to do is define your space. Like how big is your wall that you want to put shelves on? And, you know, just trying to sort of nut out little details of like, are you defining the space or are you defining the set of the size of the shelves you want to build? Like, and what which is going to be sort of come more naturally to customers, you know? Yeah. Because I imagine some people would come in saying, oh, I've got a wall that's three meters wide and two and a half meters high and I want, but I'm only going to put a low set of shelves across the bottom because there's a TV above it or whatever. So just trying to sort of work out the usability, but probably not spending too much time in there either because I feel like it's probably just something we need to get live into sort of a beta mm-hmm. testing mode even before people can... For Christmas shopping. <laughs> well, that would be nice. But even if people can't yet check out with it, just getting it to some users for... Yeah, have a play, build build some things. Ooh. Let us know. Right. So I'm going to build things I can't buy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me try it. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Uh, um, right, right. The, I just had a quick, very nerdy thought. Maybe it's already something mm. that's thought of or discussed, but if I was, if I was you, I would want to try to capture people's intent and uh, interest right away mm. so that if they started building for X amount of time, pop up and ask for their email so they can save it. Cool idea. And then you can automate some feedback as well as like maybe uh, th- that came from the thought of if I've spent a bunch of time, am I going to lose this? Yeah. Right? And trying to like, um, I don't know how well it works, but let's say it's easy to lose, you can still play on that that idea, that concept of, let's save this. Mm, save your save progress. Your Give us your email. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really powerful for you then to remarket to them and not just lose people that potentially are interested and then forget about it. You know, it's all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Have a play. See what you reckon. Ooh. Don't worry about bug smashes. I will not. Because <laughs> there's plenty. I will not be listening anymore. Sorry. <laughs> Goodbye. But it's coming along. Yeah. I kind of we got a got an invoice the other day for the first like lots of euros, and which is always a bit of a like oh god, and that's but you know and then converting that into Australian dollars and being like oh it's even more. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> Feels like right, a bit of a jumping right. off point, but we knew that's what we're getting into. And like when I stop and think about it, it's like, yes, no, I do want to invest in this. This feels important. Mm-hmm. Find some dollars to uh, continue to sink into that. And um, yeah, try and get it online right. and making some money. Um, but yeah. Right. I'm so curious to see how it affects your <sighs> sell through of the product and like the change it'll have and how much custom quoting you're doing mm. and yeah there's a lot it's interesting a lot of things up in the air that will be interesting to see how they play out right um but yeah otherwise meanwhile i'm just like continuing to build them all in rhino 
and having a great time. Loving it. <laughs> Loving Rhino. Loving it, Jerry. More and more every day. Yeah, that's interesting. I think eight just came out. I saw. Oh, officially. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. I've been using the eight work in progress for a while now, just because it, it runs splendidly on the Apple yeah. Silicon. Holy hell. There's some, such cool stuff. <laughs> but yeah, having a great time scripting up every little thing. I had this f- funny experience the other day. It's a public holiday here and I was just, I came into work, had a day by myself, which was great fun. But um, I have this thing when I'm configurating kit parts in Rhino where I have to switch snap points. Like I pretty much turn 90% of the snaps on and then go back to just a single mm-hmm. snap for when I'm configuring components. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I wonder if I can write a script for this. And yeah, it stuffed around getting GPT to write a script to just toggle, like invert the toggle state of Only all the snaps. One. Right. Yeah. Got it working. I was very pleased with myself. And then I'd posted a few little stories about it. And then this, this designer in Norway, who I chat to a little bit, sent me a message. He was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but if you just right click on the single snap, it just, it does that function what <laughs> yeah question but that's not keyboard macro <laughs> it's very efficient so if i was if i just tried right. right clicking on the point snap it would have done the full invert and it does and it works beautifully interesting huh i didn't know that no um i have a i made a macro forever ago because i do the same I don't usually need one snap. I just want them all off. Oh, yeah. So I have a little toggle where I toggle them on and off of the macro. With a, with a script? No, no, it's just a macro. Okay. Like, you know how you like make macros with aliases? Yeah. I, it sounds like a whole nother language. <laughs> I've been getting into aliases. I haven't done much with macros yet. Yeah, we used to get really nerdy mm. about them. Um, that, you can do some amazing stuff. Like it's where you like press record. Kind of like... Nah, I just make them by hand okay. and I haven't done it in a long time, but you basically put like an underscore and it, so like, for example, I have one that makes a box, a 3D box and it's called BG. And then I, what it does is type the command box and then you do underscore P and that chooses the first option mm. of the next part of the command. So I don't have to ever go figure out how do I make a three-point box. I just type BG and then I'm making a box. This is what I was saying the other day. It feels like you're doing like like fake magic. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> when somebody sees you doing it because these macros can do so much stuff behind the scenes. You're like, um, mesh, you know, I've, I don't know. Some of these I don't even use anymore, but they're just really convenient. And there's stuff that I wish we could do in, in Fusion. Mm-hmm because of that kind of power. It's like, it's it's a very user-centric software, I feel like, that it just kind of lets you do what you want and need. Yeah, yeah, and make it work for you and your workflow. Yeah, customizable, right. it's great. Um, but meanwhile, kind of um, running parallel to that, uh, Josh has been making great progress with configurations in Fusion. Um, so it's not like we're Push, pushing right. Fusion out into the cold. Um, I'm trying to bring Josh up to speed on sort of speed speed modeling for Kitapart specifically in Rhino. But yeah, meanwhile he's 
he's gone down the rabbit hole of configurations, which I have barely touched. I've made one little thing, <clears throat> but Josh, Josh is actually making functional models in it. And it looks great. Like I was watching him work yesterday, just like really powerful, exciting from right. a product point of view. Getting all of that cooking. It's really fun when it works. Yeah. Is it what? How stable is it from your perspective? Um, really stable. I think the failures that you come across for me are always the same failures you're used to. It's it's how I I, draw, I make a sketch and how if the sketch breaks, it will always fail yeah. when you dynamically change something. So it's I'm still learn. I feel like I'm I I keep saying I feel very inefficient with it. And it seems like I end up doing like a lot of just like what feels like brute force suppressions. Mm -hmm. And then like right after the suppression, I'll do like, oh, do another extrude that does the thing that the other one didn't do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a complaint or not, but ultimately it's it provides so much capability within one piece of software that's really nice that mm. it, you know, I don't have to have three files. I don't have to have a huge... Well, sometimes the timeline still gets big, but, um, you know, the timeline's not six times longer and you have to hide stuff manually and all that. It's, it, it, it's kind of like doing all that for mm. you. Saved sets of features. Yeah, yeah. I'd say my warning is don't let yourself, especially in a design process, get trapped into thinking that the configuration's going <laughs> to... is the important part of what you're doing. Yeah. I think I do that too often where it's like, I need this to work, mm. you know, so that my file is clean. <laughs> and it's like, well, am I getting the part designed and and made? Yeah. 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 Have you been using it in most of your projects? No. no. I kind of throw at it when it feels useful. I put it into the tool holder right pretty, pretty early on because I wanted to see how other sizes of taper would would work as it scaled so that we could just everything downstream of from packaging to yeah like production like it is really cool in that sense where you can just almost immediately drop out files and then get them quoted because it i don't have to recreate everything um and i'm i would imagine once we reveal some of that kind of api i I don't know why we wouldn't be able to like auto switch to certain configurations and dump out all the files mm -hmm. subsequently, you know, like instead of having to change, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we should be able to make scripts that do that, yeah. right? Just have to figure out what that's called to tell the robot to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Oh, speaking of robots, the uh, did you watch any of the OpenAI dev day stuff? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I did. Uh, it's that time. <clears throat> what's new in software corner? <laughs> so it's yeah, I um, uh, it's um, I it's exciting. Mm. I mean, it there's it's almost like I don't even know how to like. I'm prepared to be amazed, you know. Like, <laughs> I don't I I don't know what to think about it, but it's wild that like they've made basically an app store for people to make their own. GPTs, as they called them, mm -hmm. which is, uh, I don't know how to say it other than the, it feels like you're making your own apps that then you can share. Yeah. So. Yep. I don't, yeah. I think the bit. Like, like, <clears throat> may, okay. 
let's go back to like creating a quoting engine. Mm-hmm. We could create a quoting engine and share it mm-hmm. as I don't know if you'd sell it or it's just for free or how that works through their little app store, but it's pretty cool. And their whole intent is that like people don't know how to code kind of like you and I making scripts. It's like, you know, the like butter quoting engine can be an app on the GPT store. Yeah. It's, I don't know why you'd want to do that. It's but. the internal functionality of that that excites me of like, I haven't looked into it, but it looks like you can have share like um, private, semi-private ones that can just be oh. shared within an organization. That's cool. Maybe that's at the enterprise level. I need to look at that. But like, I think it means that, yes, I could build a like butter quoting engine or a even just little simple things like um, like butter, you know, that's copy, copy generator or G-code post-processing for the pencil sharpener because that's a weird one. Like John was talking about that yesterday of like wondering whether he could train it to just because so much of the code on the pencil sharpener is hand-coded and adjusted. You could easily train mm-hmm. one of these like mini dedicated GPTs right. to just do that function. So whenever you needed to do that, you'd paste in your code and make the adjustments. Um, so that that's exciting. Having like shareable internal internal sort of GPTs is cool. I was just thinking, do you think do you think that it can get to a place where we can drop in CAD files mm-hmm. and have it analyze them for quoting? I'm sure that will come. Yeah, like if they're doing image analysis, like at some point someone's going to work out how to get it to analyze 3D models, right? Yeah. Hmm. Then you get into automatic toolpath. Interesting. And <laughs> all of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll give a, a plug. The kind of related um, chatter, Pete, did a little video the other day I saw a story of where they're now integrating directly with Fusion so that when your chatter is connected, your device that has chatter, your CNC, it sees the files that have come from Fusion because you've enabled that. Um, And so then they can keep track of things like tool life Um. and like uh, what is in the machine and that G code related to a project that's in Fusion and what was the, oh, you can do scheduling based on those actual files and it's going to start to help you schedule those things for you as well as, God, there are some cool things. That's awesome. Oh, you can create setup sheets within Chatter, like not having to go, like it was basically just a web a web browser yeah. uh, instead of having to go make a setup sheet in Fusion, which frankly isn't great mm-hmm. um which is pretty amazing that i don't know just super cool that's this is chatter.dev that that product yeah, yep. yeah i need to check this out mm. that looks fun that looks like a fun distraction Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> it's not super public but i don't think they fully announced this but it's been coming out in little bits um, but Fusion's changing its name from Fusion 360 to Fusion. Ah, okay. <laughs> sure. Fair enough. Which I I always feel weird about saying Fusion and then not saying 360, so I'm like, ah, before that, I don't need that. I always thought the 360 part was a little bit corporate yeah. BS. You yeah, know? yeah, 
same. I don't think I ever say the 360. Isn't, isn't it just redundant anyway? <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah, Fusion 360 complete. It was cool listening to that um, Tim Tim Paul on the With yep. Intolerance podcast the other day about like how some of how formative some of his ideas were in early days of Fusion. It's right. Cool. It's wild. Yeah. Like the chamfer tool. Yeah. Or <laughs> just hearing about like, you know, how hard the those chamfering operations were in previous cam packages. Like, because I think, I mm-hmm. don't think I did any chamfering pre-fusion. It just wasn't on my radar at all. And I didn't really have a need for it. And so it was fusion that kind of introduced right. me to that. I was like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> this is Fusion, very easy. the godfather of chambers, yeah. <laughs> which pro- is not at all true. But uh, We have a new person on staff this week. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Um, welcome, Alex. And yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Started yesterday. <laughs> you know, classic morning of back-to-back inductions um but all went pretty well mm. oh so you actually had i i was thinking this is last week's person it's two people no in nah, no no so no. No, ma- okay. made the decision last week started yesterday I one see. just one right. person um yeah and i feel like we, we do a thing now where it's like I do the first induction and I do, as director, I kind of do the, like, cultural overview and we go for a little walk and have a chat (laughs) and then I pass them off to Sarah and Sarah does, like, the, like, deep dive operational stuff like payroll and contracts and all of that and Mm -hmm. processes and systems. And then off to Ben and Ben does, like, the workshop production induction and safety induction and all of that so it's a big morning for someone who's starting out but we're getting better at it every time like every time we do it i've been keeping notes and like revising our little guides and checklists and stuff it's it's getting better so cool well feels good 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 to have a bit more help out there and yeah right i think it's been going pretty smooth otherwise jobs and yeah i suppose that's the point of hiring to help with that yeah no it's going okay it's going okay good still a lot of pressure on selling enough stuff to feed the beast but um having more hours in production helps that balance sounds you know yes it's sure it's another you know more people means more outgoings, but if the balance is in production, then everything yeah just works a bit better, rather than more admin hours. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, right? Yeah, that would be an interesting. I don't know how much this is on your mind. I'm sure maybe you just don't. We don't talk about it as much, but <clears throat> to feed enough data to a GPT to like say, all right, what's our optimal, <laughs> you know, employee to revenue ratio? I'm just going to say, like, just just be more efficient. <laughs> I think we do have a target there. can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but we do have, like, a yeah. wages to revenue target. Employment total income, employment cost to revenue ratio target is 40%. Just, yeah. Cool. High, but. Cool, cool. 
we know that that works. So trying to get there. Nice. Yeah. Neil. Yeah. What are you up to today? Dialing in these last bits on the inserts for the tool holder holders that arrive next week, and we want to immediately start shipping them. Cool. I did get some progress on the, I guess I would call it like procurement advice, I guess, which has been very simplistic, but I went through our top product kind of cogs, the things we buy to make to make products, um, and went through and made a checklist or a drop down or a multi-select or something. Multi-select of like how you can buy, how you buy these okay. things. And then we already have the links to most of them. So it's um, it, it's the first pointer to, if it's not me, how do you buy this thing? And so for the most part, feels like some progress and I think there's a lot more to that like I I would love to I don't even know like create some I guess it could just be another field that's like tips on you know like what is the actual workflow of, of purchasing this thing like step one go to this website step two add to cart or like you know send this person a PO so um, some progress which is nice yeah awesome yeah good well done glad to hear it <laughs> all right my um last <laughs> small say humor uh and pain the last little bit is that we're working on ricky's been spending a lot of time interspersed for the last few days on upgrading our packaging for some of our products as the laser cutter is now mostly dialed in and mm. ideal we had to correct like four millimeters worth of it being out of square, which literally meant taking off. I think it's talked about this a little bit, but we took the whole top of the machine off and had to like pull the belts back on one side and measure it. And that's what you get for a cheap machine, I guess. Um, but it's working great. It's, it's cutting well. So we're upgrading packaging and he, I was like, oh, you should throw a QR code on that one to this you know, information piece. So when you open the box, you get this little piece of information. <laughs> I have been putting QR codes on things around the shop since 2018, mm -hmm. basically, like the first year. And it's never taken with anybody that's worked here. It's it's basically only me. I think we've talked about this. Yeah. And yesterday, Ricky joking or kind of like laughingly said, you know, honestly, I don't really know what QR codes do. And I was like, <laughs> god damn it you know like like what i have failed what? i have failed right and so i was like all right well i'll show you like i laughed and i was like i'll show you and so i showed him how to do it on my phone and he's like wait what and i was like yeah he's like that's amazing and i was like oh oh come on you know like i'm not really like blaming him necessarily no. it's just like what did i do how did i not give this enough you know play that so he got really excited i showed him how they worked and he was like wow these are he's like so we we're talking about like if somebody could possibly read a qr code right because it's like basically a language mm -hmm. of squares shaped and all you know different features so uh I'm hoping I just turned on a uh, 
a new user to QR codes, but <laughs> we'll see. It reminds me like our business coaches tell us like you've got to tell people something 13 times before you can get like before you get through and Sarah and I are just like that's accurate no it's disgusting why should we have to tell someone 13 times tell them once it's like no it's how long mm-hmm. it takes sometimes I think we in Australia right. were like the entire population got trained into how to use QR codes during the pandemic because the, gov- yeah. the government made Same. us check into everything with a QR code on our app um, that and like every restaurant and yeah brewery menu is now QR codes well, here. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm apparently <laughs> I don't know how we got away with That's amazing. Not doing it. I don't know. <laughs> but just wasn't interested. Yeah. Um no, I've had a similar experience here trying to roll them out and not having much luck. Right. Yeah. I'll so anyway, just... my my public service announcement is you should try some uh fucking QR codes. <laughs> The end. Goodbye. Uh, very good. That a good. I ordered them. Ah. It's taking forever to ship, but I'm very excited about it. I forget to clean it. No. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, sir. Good day. Good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.